Welcome to Planted and Flourishing. I'm your host, Kristen Andrus. On today's episode, I sit down with several mom friends and talk about the different seasons we're all walking through. I chat with my friend Katie, who is mom to Finn, who is almost two, and she's also got a baby girl due in the next few weeks. My friend Rachel is mom to Olivia and Brady, who are five and seven, and she loves iced coffee. In fact, she has one in hand during this recording. Sherilyn is mom to Jude, who is nine, and Lily, 16, and she is the queen of frying things. I'm telling you, the stuff that comes out of her kitchen is ridiculous. And also joining us is Helen, whose kids are Josh, Caleb, and Lydia. They are 27, 26, and 23. Now, a little disclaimer for this episode. This is a raw and authentic recording. There's coffee and apple pie, lots of laughter, some tears, and you may even hear a car or two pass by. But more than any of that, I think you'll hear some moms who are not only passionate about being the best moms that they can be, but also honest to where this journey has taken them. So grab a comfy chair if you're somewhere that you can do that, get some coffee and maybe a tissue, and join us for the next little bit. I have the privilege of being here with an amazing group of women tonight. And what makes this group of women so unique is that each of them are in different stages of this mom journey. So whatever part of motherhood you find yourself in, I hope that these different seasons that we touch on tonight um, speak to where you are and gives you hope and encourages you in some way to push forward because we all know that sometimes it's not that easy. You know, I've heard moms tell me, just hang in there, Kristen, it'll it'll get better. Or just hang in there, Kristen, this season won't last. And, and I feel like I'm constantly hearing that, you know, and hoping that the next season, not that any season has been horrible, but each season has its specific challenges. Mm -hmm. And so just wanted to hear from you um, how you deal with some of those challenges. And I know one of the biggest challenges that I hear from different moms is getting sucked into the comparison trap. seeing moms with you know bigger homes bigger cars more toys and right now i think the comparison is how we're all doing school you know this Mm -hmm. one has a whole basement set up and it's it's Mm -hmm. furnished with ikea furniture and it looks fantastic it looks like something out of a magazine and i'm over here just trying to move all the papers off the end of the table to make room (laughs) for my kids to be able to have a place you know to learn so how do you keep that from from being the loudest thing that you hear anybody want to yeah i'll go i i feel so passionate about this probably because i deal with it so much um so i i think the thing that i've learned number one is get off of my phone so right that's where we're seeing it like is because if you talk to a real person about their experience um you get to see like well this is how I do it and it's not as uh I don't know it it doesn't feel the same as looking at a beautiful picture on your phone it just doesn't do the same thing so limiting that when I start to feel that like ick um Mm -hmm. of putting that away and I think the other thing that I've really learned is just learning to be vulnerable myself about where I'm at helps lessen that because anytime that I post like hey here or or even just talk about here's my mess here's where we're struggling here's like my kids have this plastic 
fold-up table for their desk. I hate it. I really want a beautiful desk. But it just didn't work. The desks were all sold out by the time I got to it because I'm a procrastinator. <laughs> um, they're still sold out. I know. Um, but the more that, that I, I think I find that the more that I'm vulnerable of, here's what's going well, here's the reality of what's not going well, other people then I think feel like, oh, well, then I can talk about what I'm not doing well, too. And then it just kind of like calms the the big comparison thing that's like up and over us. Yeah. Um, so I have to be like really aware of where I'm at, number one, to be able to like put some of those things aside to be able to have gratitude of like what I do have. And that I really do have great kids. They drive mm -hmm. me a little crazy, but um, we have a very special family and I love them. Um, so being aware of that, putting that away and then learning to be vulnerable myself, mm -hmm. I think is what has helped me. I think the phone thing is such a great point because we are so overstimulated with perfection. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, what you're seeing is somebody's highlight reel. How many times have we heard that mm -hmm. and we hear it and we're like, yeah, that's true. But then we forget and mm -hmm. we're in the struggle, like you're saying, and we're trying to do the best we can. And we've got all these pictures rolling through our minds of what we want it to look like yeah. or what we think everybody else thinks it should look like. And so trying to dry, to draw the line between reality and what your expectations are because they're usually two different things, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And so trying to make sure that that is not um, all encompassing because that can consume you. Right. If you're so caught up in trying to make it look a certain way rather than just making it work for you. And right. I think that's where we, we sometimes we lose it a little bit is we're trying to make it work for everybody else instead of ourselves. Right. You know? Yeah, it's exhausting. It is. It's <laughs> truly that exhausting. Way. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Anybody else want to touch on that? Yeah, I think um, for me, it's always like in conversations with people, having them say, well, just wait until this mm -hmm. next phase or just mm -hmm. wait until they're walking or they're talking. You'll never be able to get them to shut up or <laughs> those kind of things. And um, just instead of waiting for what's next, embracing where I am mm. and where my kids are instead of trying to push them to the next phase also. Because mm -hmm. they're like Finn took forever to start walking and I was like, oh my gosh, everybody in my newsfeed, all their kids are already walking. Is he like behind? And, mm -hmm. and realizing that, you know, he's just at a different phase and that's okay. That's such an unnecessary pressure. Yeah. <laughs> because, and I wonder how many people are really struggling with deep-seated issues because the focus is on what they're seeing and what mm. everybody else's kids are doing because we all know we're individuals and we all develop at different rates mm. and we you know our kids I had one that started walking at a little over one and I had the other one started running at nine months and so it was two totally different things mm -hmm. so um, trying to quiet that noise is such a challenge and I think people right now are depending so much on social media to connect with each mm -hmm. other because we starve for that. And I would even say, you know, I raised my kids, the majority of their growing up years was without social media, yeah. but I still yeah. struggled with that because your in-person meetings and, you know, even on the playground and, mm -hmm. you know, not maybe not so much right now because of COVID and, and virtual schooling, but, you know, when I was in the classroom being the... Uh, you know, a mom helper, and I would look at other kids and do the same thing, compare mm -hmm. why isn't, you know, my son doing this and that. And um, it can be the same way, I think, in virtual classrooms because oh, yeah. you're able okay. to sit there and see all the mm -hmm. students and, and see who's participating and who's, you know, 
And I think it's just a, a trap that we can all fall into. And I think what everyone said is so true. We just have to really be in tune with how you're feeling and what you're thinking and, and, um, and realigning, you know, those thoughts so that you you don't fall into that comparison Mm -hmm. trap. Yeah. Because that can suck you right into the crazy of life. Mm -hmm. So you add that, that component to it. And I think it just throws it to a whole other level. Normal life with kids is crazy. But now I feel like this has kind of amped it up a little bit because now we're having to be their entertainers, <laughs> we're having to be their teachers, we're having to be all the things to them. And it really almost makes you feel like you don't have what it takes sometimes because you yeah. feel like you're lacking yeah. in so many areas. So, um, Sherilyn, I'm going to direct this one to you. How do you keep that balanced? Well, there are days when it absolutely does. <laughs> um, so on those days, just reminding myself that it's just a day. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow's, yeah. thank God, his mercies are new. Um, we get to start all over. I think one of the biggest things for us, like, like you said, our schedule is pretty crazy, is um, we really make a priority for everything that we do to be done as a family. Um, doesn't always work that way. But like our involvement at the church, right, that's always been... One of my biggest fears is that my kids would grow up to be those kids that resent the church because, you know, you hear about those pastor's kids, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So we kind of made the commitment to each other a long time ago that our kids were going to be with us. Like, it wasn't going to be us doing ministry and our kids trapped in a room. We wanted them to be part of it. Yeah. So for us, that's one of the biggest things of managing. Like, we want them to be just as invested in the things that we feel passionate about. And we want to be invested in the things that they feel passionate about as well. Um, so just, it's quality family time no matter what we're doing. Like if we're working in the basement to clean things up, you know, finding ways to make that turn into a meaningful conversation while we're working. Mm-hmm. Or on our way to church, you know, talking about the things that we've seen God do in our lives. And what are you going to do today at church? Like who are you going to talk to? Um, just and, I think that's the biggest part is just conversation, like making sure that the kids feel like we are involved in everything and that they're involved in everything we're doing too. And I think that's such an important point is being intentional. In this season that we're in right now, being intentional has been extra hard. It feels like there's so much extra everything. Yeah, and learning how to communicate with them Mm -hmm. is a, a big thing for us, especially with Lily. So like if... If I go to Lily with, you know, we're going to talk about this. We're going to sit down. We're going to have this conversation. Homegirl is like out. She will not speak. (laughs) Like literally just stare at you with silence. Um, But if we approach it in, hey, you know, we're going to go hang out, go shopping for the day. Well, that's one of her favorite things to do with her dad. And to her, they're out shopping. Hope she doesn't listen to this because this is going to give away all secrets. (laughs) But to her, they're just out shopping for clothes or whatever. But his his goal there is she talks to him a lot on that day um and like knowing that about her you can't ask her direct questions because you're not going to get an answer Mm -hmm. but if you leave her some room and some space and show her that you're with her in a moment she'll open up at a whole different level Mm -hmm. so just kind of figuring out like how does my kid communicate it could be completely different than you um, and like taking that expectation off of them like Mm -hmm. you know what there may be days where you don't want to answer my questions We'll get there. Like, it's okay. You'll, mm. You know, we'll, we'll communicate again another day. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I think 
being okay with not having that answer right now mm-hmm. is really hard for yeah. a lot of people because yeah. they want to resolve it instantly. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, being okay with that, because that's how, that's a lot of how I was raised is we had this discussion, we settled it right now. And there wasn't like that, that pause mm-hmm. to let things kind of sit and do the work. Because sometimes sitting with whatever it is that's going on, sometimes that does the work. Mm-hmm. And you don't really have to have as lengthy or as hard of a conversation because the sitting does the work and it does the work in both of us yeah right it does the work in them I mean my kids aren't as old but um my kid is really dramatic (laughs) she's little but man she wants to feel all the feelings and um I think she's going to be very similar to Lily and just the way that they connect on things is really weird um (laughs) But yeah, so in that time, like it doesn't just give them space, it gives you space too mm-hmm. to kind of like let God help you figure out how to do it rather than jumping in and mm-hmm. like let's just get this done, you know. Right. Right. And Katie, I know your kids are smaller. They're not at this point yet. But how are you including your kids? I know like right now you probably feel like you're just dragging them <laughs> them literally everywhere. <laughs> But how is that something that you and your husband are incorporating into your lives with your with your small babies? Sure. I mean, Finn goes everywhere with us, not only because he has to, but because we want him to be a part of things. So when we're at church, he's at church with us, and he's not just hanging out. You know, he'll do whatever we're doing, and um, I try and invite him into that. Uh, even when I'm working from home, he often sits... In his high chair and colors next to me while I'm at my computer but um, yeah just allowing him to be a part of whatever I'm doing mm-hmm. and not just sitting him in front of a TV which still happens that's reality but, that's okay yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I've really had to check myself a couple of times when things would get touchy at work or things would be not going well and I wanted to spout off with something and remembering that my kids are right there, mm-hmm. it's really helped me to kind of refine some of my reactionary mm-hmm. tendencies mm-hmm. and to to be intentional about what they see me doing. Because mm-hmm. they are always watching. Because yes. they are always watching. Yeah. And I, I think even when they're that little, it's it grows something in them because then they start learning that behavior mm-hmm. and they start carrying on whatever they're seeing in front of them Mm -hmm. and so and at this point in my kids life I see them calling me out on it (laughs) so it's a different dynamic but it's still it's so important because that's still planting a seed even though they'll call me out on it I don't want them to remember the negative stuff when Mm -hmm. they get in that situation when they're older you Mm -hmm. know and trying to figure things out yeah so something I just want to add to when you're talking about just managing the crazy of this year um, which I, I, I so feel and have so much respect for the parents and the teachers. Like, it's just yeah. crazy, right? Yeah. But I think a huge part in managing this kind of crazy is to remind ourselves that we've never done this before. Mm-hmm. Like, this is unprecedented. Yeah. And it, I think it's okay for moms especially to say, this is a nutso time. I've never done this before. You weren't meant to be yeah. mom, teacher, disciplinarian all you know all these things wrapped up in one so it's okay to give ourselves grace and also to talk about that with our kids you know at their level i'm glad Sherilyn brought up communication and being able to communicate with 
um, your kids in the way they will receive it. Um, and that's really being a student of your child and how best they respond and communicate. But again, talking about the season with them at their level and having those open conversations with them is huge. Right. And that kind of leads into setting boundaries with our kids. Because right now, I think for some it might feel like, well, we're all just kind of doing whatever to survive right now. Mm -hmm. But we still have to have those boundaries. Mm -hmm. And you know, as we're, as things are opening back up and we're getting back involved into society, I'm not sure how long it's going to last because what I'm hearing is not encouraging, (laughs) (laughs) but, but as we are right now, um, I know in my personal life, this is something that I was terrible at when I, when my kids were younger, I did not have boundaries. I did whatever had to be done, whatever was asked. There was never a moment that I said, no, I can't do that. And that is one thing that I look back now and I regret it so much mm-hmm. because I realize how many moments that I put stress on them because of something that they didn't ask for. Mm-hmm. You know, it was something that I felt I had to do, some something that I was trying to satisfy within myself. And so learning to know when to step back and say, okay, I can't do that right now. And it's okay to do that, but we, we live in a society where you're supposed to be yes for everything. Yes, but that's not the truth. Mm-hmm. And so setting those boundaries and learning that it's okay to pause and be present, is that an area that that you have found hard to to act on? Like setting boundaries and deciding what is gonna be part of your life for that time. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, this has been like a probably like a three year journey for me of really addressing what that looked like in my life because it went out of control. Mm-hmm. Um, some things that I couldn't control and then some things that I could um, walking through um, grief and just taking on too much and my kids were you know, three years ago, they were whatever, two and I can't do the math, but they were little. (laughs) Um, and it was like, I, it was not, it just was not good. So, um, learning a lot from counseling and from really good books. Um, Sherilyn and I did a study together called Breathe by Priscilla Shire. Highly recommend. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was all about that. Creating space is from God, and it's okay. Um, And so learning what what to say yes to, what to say no to, and involving God actually in those conversations, Mm -hmm. and actually asking Him what He thinks instead of just assuming what He thinks. Um, And I I think for me, a lot of it was figuring out what to say yes to, what to say no to for my family and for me, Um, but also like learning that I cannot be everything for them. Um, and learning that failure really is a part of parenthood and that they need to see that. Mm -hmm. So I think I didn't realize that I had this expectation to really get it right all the time for them because they deserve it, right? They deserve a really good mom and they deserve a mom who is gonna do what Jesus calls her to do right but I I think I've learned that in doing that 
there's there's failure so that they can learn really who God is. Because mm-hmm. I'm not supposed to be their savior. I'm not supposed to be the one who's going to know absolutely everything to do. Um, and I think the more that I strived to be that, the more I just kept, it kept falling away from me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So allowing them to see that I wasn't okay was was a really hard thing even when they were so little so so little um but now now kind of getting to the place where I'm at saying like I cannot do that (laughs) right now like um and kind of just learning like I'm in the middle of something especially with all the togetherness of what they can do and really even empowering them that I can't do or be everything for you right has been really big for me I think that's a great word that you just use is empowering them because I think the mindset that we have as moms is I just want to take care of you all the time yeah and then as they get bigger it's not realistic because we you continue with your own life you have your own goals and things that you want to do and they're big enough to get up and go get it themselves like you know you just say yes (laughs) and they get used to that expectation of you providing everything for them so empowering them to grow and to step out and do things um for themselves is just it's huge and then another thing you said was asking god if you needed to be involved in that and that is such a basic principle but it's huge you would think yeah but how many of us get that honestly how many of us get that when it's something especially most of us are involved in ministry Mm -hmm. right why would we ask God about being involved in ministry, right. you know? Right. And it's a, it's a valid question. Did you ask God about it? Did God tell you, go forward with that? Or, hey, why don't you pull back a minute? Because mm-hmm. you're a little overloaded and you're not giving your best. Mm-hmm. Right. Because when we do get to that point, we don't give our best. We're not our best selves for whatever we're trying to pour into. We're not our best selves for our family, for our jobs. All of that suffers when we're not doing the best that we can by incorporating God into our decisions. Mm-hmm. The expectations that we put on ourselves as moms, is they're really ridiculous sometimes. Yeah. And I think it goes back to what you were saying about, you know, we want to be that mom. You know, we want to be the mom that we see, you know, everywhere. That has it all together, that has all of the, you know... The Joanna Gaines decor and, you know, I mean, yeah, right. four-course meal for supper. Helen you know, has that. Because <laughs> my children are grown. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but we put so much pressure on ourselves, and it's just, it's so unnecessary. And I, if there's one thing, maybe there's another gift in 2020, because I'm about to say one. It's helped me kind of chill out with that and just... Let's just conquer what's in front of us right now, and let's get through that, and let's not be ridiculous with what we're expecting of ourselves, Mm -hmm. because the kids are not going to starve. They're not going to go without clothes, because they do know how to operate the washing machine. (laughs) You don't have to always wash their clothes, because when they have nothing to wear, they will figure it out where to go. (laughs) So taking that pressure off, I think, is really important. And, you know, especially when, when we're involved in so much, but drawing those boundaries because mm-hmm. we've already created the space, like you said, to breathe, to allow God in, to direct. Mm-hmm. It's very hard work. It is hard It really work. is. It takes a lot of, if you're already in that uh, cycle mm-hmm. of yes and like too much, yeah, it's not usually just this one like, oh, I'll say no and then I'm fine. Like it's a, it's a pretty big like yeah step back don't you think yeah 
Mm-hmm. And then it's the internal work too, because I think right. a lot of us are twos in this room. Mm-hmm. And so once you decide to draw that boundary and say no to whatever it is, then you have the internal, mm-hmm. I do, right. mind yeah. work of, I hate letting people down. Yeah. What do they think of me? I, you know, I go down that spiral. And so then it's even more work because mm-hmm. I've got to talk myself out of the spiral. Like yeah. it's okay to have a boundary. They'll get over it. They'll, they'll mm-hmm. wash their own clothes because you said it. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, just so your internal person can rest, you are on my fan favorite tonight for bringing the pie. So <laughs> and, Very good. And feel good about that. Yes. <laughs> what about boundaries with your kids? So right, we're talking yeah, about right. like, kind of boundaries with other mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. One of the um, like biggest boundaries that we have set with our kids is the boundary between like them and my marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I think a lot of moms fall into that trap of like my children are what I do. Yeah. Like, they are everything mm-hmm. to me and your marriage suffers because mm-hmm. of that. Um, we've, I think we make it pretty obvious in our house that like we are each other's favorite person. Like mm-hmm. Mark is my favorite. You guys are secondary. Yeah. I don't think there's a question about it, but I think that that's so healthy for them to see mm-hmm. because they're going to move out of my house and live the rest of their lives in a relationship in Jesus name, they will do this. Um, and it's a lot of it's going to be based off of what they've seen in our home. So like knowing that it's okay for me to say to the kids, you know what guys, dad and I are having a date night in our bedroom tonight. I don't want to see you or hear you or anything else because we're in love. And then Jude's like, Oh, you're going to kiss. Absolutely. Um, just letting them see that like we are in love with each other. And this is what being in love looks like. Mm -hmm. So that when they're ready to find that relationship, they're going to find a good one. It sets their expectations. Yeah. It doesn't always work that way. Like we can do everything absolutely perfect and then they make bad decisions and walk down different roads. But I want to know at the end of the day that I have done everything I can do to model for them and to set that example. And I think that's a huge thing is like as moms, we've got to really value the relationship we have with our husband mm-hmm. yeah. over Absolutely. our relationship with our kids. Yeah, that's so good. It is tough because um, you put so much into them. And Katie, you know right now, you're, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, you're carrying a child and it yeah. takes a lot out of you. And then once they're born, that, that first couple of years is just, it's all mama. Mm-hmm. And so shifting your mindset to include your husband again right. <laughs> it's a little bit difficult right. I think um, even when Finn was first born I remember feeling like motherhood was just my identity and it's like that was all I was now was mom and taking time to re- remind myself that that's not my number one title mm-hmm. like it, it's one of my titles and it's an important one but daughter of God is my first title right. you know and um remembering that like you said eventually they will grow up and move out and what's left after that right you know it's going to be 18 20 years of of in the house motherhood or beyond but um but afterward you know you still have to know who you are right and who your husband is and so I know just recently we've been kicking Finn out of bed with us because he had grown accustomed to that and I was just like this can't happen anymore Mm -hmm. because we still have to have a life without a child sleeping between us Mm -hmm. (laughs) as much as he might want that 
Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard because it's so literally all-consuming, right. and it's such a long game, yeah. right? Like, when you have them, you got 18 years of that, <laughs> you know? So it's like, it, it feels almost impossible to picture a life without them when right. they're that little. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, right. but they will not be sleeping between you when they are 18. Oh, we yes. Know. <laughs> yeah. Big problem. Otherwise, that would be a problem. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But that is so true. I think as moms, especially though, it's harder to draw boundaries with your children mm-hmm. because we're the caregivers, you know, and it's hard. I know that I was more of a pushover discipline-wise than Kelly ever was. And um, I probably still am. But (laughs) I highly recommend a book. What? No way. (laughs) It's called Boundaries with Kids. It's the whole Boundaries series. Mm -hmm. um, Cloud and Townsend. But they did one specifically, Boundaries with Kids. And I read it when, you know, my kids were young and it really helped. It's getting easier, though, now that my kids are older. <clears throat> and I say easier in a very uh, tongue-in-cheek way. <laughs> I mean, it's easier in the fact that they're not little and they don't scream when I tell them to you know, mm-hmm. get out of our room. But it's harder in the fact that with them being more independent, I realize that I have to trust their raising yeah. a little bit more. Yeah. And that's really hard. Mm-hmm. Really hard. So, you know, it's it's still really tempting for me to step in there and, and do those things that I know that they can handle mm. or to make a life a little bit harder on myself to where I know that they'll be okay. You know, it's just, yeah. I'm being kind of vague in case my daughter listens. But, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's we'll just, tell both it's of them not difficult to, to, to balance yes. that, you know, still care for them and still let them know that they're mm-hmm. loved, even though they're teenagers and, <laughs> Yet, let them start spreading their wings. It's Mm -hmm. really tough. And I don't like it a bit. (laughs) How did you you manage that when you started letting them sprout their wings? It's really... It's... You said the word. It's tough. It is... It's sleepless nights. It's, you know... So we're um, really back to the newborn stage. Yeah, right. Is that where we're at? Yeah, (laughs) right? Except they're not in your house, like, you know, or they're out driving a car and you're, it's tough. Mm-hmm. And you do a lot of praying. And, and I like what you said. It's, it's kind of resting on and trusting that everything that you've spent 15, maybe, you know, 16 years, if they're getting ready to drive or whatever, planting and watering and, you know, will have taken root and mm-hmm. they're going to, they're going to do it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, and that kind of leads me into something else I really wanted to to throw out to this group is making sure, ways that we can make sure that, you know, Sherilyn, you touched on this a minute ago, planting those seeds in them, but then making sure that they're surrounded by such influence that the noise out there in the world is not the loudest voice that they hear. Mm -hmm. And that's super challenging, especially right now when they're connected to their phones because they're missing their friends and they're connected to their phones because they're on screens all day at school. And Mm -hmm. so they're mine. I'm going to tell on her. She's sitting over here, supposed to be in gym class, 
scrolling through YouTube and <laughs> connecting with the world that way, you know, and trying to make sure that we're filtering out enough of the world mm-hmm. because you don't want to filter out all of it. You want, they, they live in the world. Right. We all live in the world. We are not of the world. But helping them to know that the voice inside them, that God's voice is the loudest thing that they hear, that stresses me out, I think, more than the driving and more than them going out and doing mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. because I want to know that, that God's voice is the loudest voice that they hear. And there's no way to measure that, really. Yeah. You know, you can't measure that. <clears throat> it's really tough. So tell me from your perspective, as your kids are small, how are you incorporating that into their lives? I mean, I know they're at church and they're kids' church, and we've kind of touched on this a little bit in conversation, but... As they're growing, what are you what are you putting out there for them to to latch onto? It's very challenging. Um, I'm making you work for I it. I know. Right? I really at the the ages that my kids are at, the only way that I can think to answer it is I feel like it's just got to be really how am I doing that? Mm-hmm. Um, because they're they're with me all the time right now and still so impressionable. Um, and kids that age ask hard questions. Yes, you know? they yeah. ask very hard questions. Yeah. and how do you, and then how do you explain that to them in the way that they'll understand it? Right, and, and not I, make it more complicated than it really is. Right. You know? For me, I tend to put way too much, obviously, pressure on myself. We've kind of all talked about that mm-hmm. of getting that part right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know how to answer this other than it, it sounds very churchy and it sounds like a cop-out, but letting it go. I, I literally don't know any other way than to, to trust that God gave them to me. I literally, I mean, this has been a like this week again dealing with. Um, he gave them to me because he wants me to show them who he is by how I need him. That's good. Mm-hmm. That is good. And I don't know right now any other way to do it other than um, really including God in our conversation, I think, at the ages that they're at. Um, praying when it's not just dinner time. Um, um, praying. I- I'm learning, I think, with them to pray the way that I pray and not to dumb it down for them. Yeah. Um, especially Olivia, um, that they need to hear how I talk to God and experience that kind of with me. I think who they're around is is just now kind of starting to get there. Not really because they're not in school, but I mean, we. I really am very thankful that the community that we have here is. I don't know where we would be mm-hmm. if not for mm-hmm. that. If not for the kids of some of the people in this room, pretty much all of you actually, um, like some of Lily's best friends are your kids. Um, and they're 15, 16 years old, Mm -hmm. but I, and she has friends that are her age, but she's, she's constantly surrounded by kids of different ages that, um, she's seeing how they love God and how they worship. And the more that I work to make sure that I'm doing it right with them, the more I feel like God is saying, you can't, you can't Mm -hmm. do that. I I don't know. I think as they grow, there's probably going to be some more hard conversations of of what do you really believe and, you know, all of that. But 
it's more letting go than it is getting it right. Mm-hmm. And I think what you said too about being careful who who surrounds them is so critical because I think at that age, the young age, they get adapted to certain types of people you know like what they're exposed to is what they adapt to Mm -hmm. and that becomes their expectation and and what they maybe migrate to Mm -hmm. so I think it's really important that even at this small age that we are intentional about who's with them Mm -hmm. and who's you know whose house they go to or who they associate with and and just making sure that those seeds are planted young because then when they get to this age it's more of a um or I'm seeing that it's more of a, it's more of an exploration of different types mm-hmm. of personalities, mm-hmm. you know, because they're being exposed to different things like in high school or, you know, if they're involved in different things um, outside of church mm-hmm. and just hoping that they've got that foundation and trusting that they do is probably one of the hardest things I think that I've ever had to let go. Yeah. And it's really hard to let go because I want to stick my hand in there and say, oh, well, let's let's do this. You know, I want to fix it and set it up yeah, for them yeah. to be okay and to be in that environment that I think that they need to be in mm-hmm. when really I need to trust what's been instilled in them and let them mess up yeah. because that is how they learn. And that is so yeah. hard. Mm-hmm. Helen, can you <laughs> that? that? It's so hard to let them mess up, especially it when is. it comes to that, like the people okay. they're around and what they're doing. And absolutely. Absolutely. I think, um, you know, we made a decision like really early on that um, we would try to make our house like the hangout house. Our kids would always know they could bring their friends over mm-hmm. and they could invite them over. And that, you know, it's twofold. You're seeing who their friends are and, you know, how they're hanging out and that kind of thing. But, you know, they also feel that confidence that, you know, their house is a, a safe place and they can be mm-hmm. and bring their friends and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. It It is such a process. It's such a process of from the smallest things, you know, letting them, you know, decide on what outfits they're going to wear. You know, it starts yes. that young. Especially if you have strong will, you know, uh-huh. it is, it's such a process. And so you can look back over the years and, and see the progression, you know, because they're, constantly making choices and they're either going to make a good choice or a bad choice and then seeing that progression of them learning from their bad choices and learning to make the good choices and and that growth there it it makes it easier Mm -hmm. and easier to let go Mm -hmm. right um because it's not all at once like hands up okay you're on your own you're 10 get out of the house you know (laughs) it it is it's it's a progression of um they take that step forward and maybe they take two steps back and it is such a um a dance of watching them and letting them make the choices and i think the most important thing is just being there for them and i'm going to get to right being there mm-hmm. for them when they mess up mm-hmm. and having that grace mm-hmm. um cuz it's funny i asked my um, sorry. Mm. I asked my kids, um, in, in just prepping for, I knew I was going to be on this, you know, what did dad and I do right to help point you to Jesus? And I said, don't give, you know, mm. be honest. I really want your 
your take on it. Mm-hmm. And um, they all said, um, you know, when I made stupid choices, you loved, you loved me. Mm-hmm. And I knew that there was grace there, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. that's really huge, I think, mm-hmm. um, is, because yeah. they are going to make so many mistakes, yeah. you know, but I think the most important thing and, and the thing that teaches them about God's grace is that they know they're going to get it from us first, yeah. you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Mm. And giving them that grace takes the pressure off of them right. because it gives them that room not to just go out and make a stupid decision, right. even though they're going to do that too. But it gives them that room and that confidence to come back. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think yeah. I think when kids don't see that and when they don't feel that those arms reaching for them, yeah. knowing that even though they messed up, I think it, it just... It, drives them away when they know that there's not going to be somebody there waiting for them. Not that you're going to agree with what they did. Right. right. I was going to say there's a difference. To, like yeah. there's still going to be consequence. Right. Right. But there, that will always be administered, you know, with love. Right. I, we, I make it angry and we may have an argument, but there's at the end of the day, you are loved, yeah. you know? And right. yeah. Which is a perfect example of God's love for us. Right. Like, there right. are consequences. Right. But that doesn't mean that he's not going to come running, you know, charging Mm -hmm. after us in the process. And when you were talking, you talked earlier about that internal battle. Um, Stephen and I were talking a couple weeks ago, and I told him, I said, if somebody had told me that raising teenagers was harder than the newborn phase of life, I would have laughed in their face. (laughs) And it is honestly... And it's the internal battle. It's the internal battle. When they're young and they're tiny, it's the physical battle. You're trying to just keep your clothes clean. You're trying to have a shower a day. And feed them. And And feed them. And there's so many physical things that you're trying to struggle through. And so just trying to reconcile that within myself Mm. that... I think I put a lot more pressure on myself. And I, I know a lot of moms do that. They put that pressure on themselves, especially at this age, because when you don't see stuff coming back to you the way you right, want it to right. come back, man, it's a letdown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was really a season is. when I thought for sure that Lydia and I would never be friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And it was pretty much, you know, end of middle school into the middle of high school. Mm-hmm. And it, she was 16, I think, before I ever even heard her say, you're right. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's tough when you don't see, you know, what you were hoping to see or have that relationship, you know. But again, you trust that those seasons are a season, mm-hmm. you know. And as long as you know the, your family is, they know that family is the center. Mm-hmm. They're loved. That it's safe. You know, um, th- they will come back and say. You did know what you about. And thank you and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But it, yeah. it is a season. Mm. Yeah. I'm so thankful for seasons. I'm so <laughs> thankful it's not one continuous saga. I mean, it's a story, but it's different chapters. You just right? don't know when it's going to end. So, right. you, know, you're not, you don't know yes. when the next season's yes. coming. That's right. the problem. Right. Because it's not usually the time when you're ready for it. Correct. And then you get to, you know, jump into a different mode. And it's kind of like whiplash sometimes you know <laughs> it really is let me tell you about this little app that we have on our phones oh we know oh yeah we know mm-hmm. oh friends it saved our life. if you don't have life 360 <laughs> i'm gonna go ahead and put a plug maybe they'll let me do an advertisement in the <laughs> yes. of this podcast. 
It is the most amazing app. Your kids are going to hate it, though. I'm just going to tell you. It will tell you everywhere your kids are. And it will also tell you if they're driving in a car, how fast they're going. Uh-oh. Oh, oh wow. shoot. That's yes. Another level. Yes, oh. friends. It has put a whole new... It's given me a whole new lease on life. <laughs> just knowing that I can know where my kids are. And it helps you find your car. Yes, yes, you don't know where you've parked. Yes, it's, it does. It's, it's a, an app of many purposes. Wow. So, That's Life360. Check it out. You'll mm-hmm. love it. Okay. So... What are some um, some resources that you guys are listening? Are you listening to podcasts? Are you reading books? Or the Bible study that you mentioned a little bit ago, the Breathe study. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some things that have helped guide you through some of these challenging parts of parenthood, if you have any? Yeah, I would, I would say the Breathe study. It's one that I would want to do again. Um, it's a little book. It's pretty. It's blue. Um, Priscilla Shire. I really want to listen to podcasts, and I just don't have time. So I really don't understand how kid, parents with young kids do those kind of things. Except um, for plants and Forest. Except for this one. I listen to this one yeah, for, for sure. sure. Thank you for <laughs> I make time <laughs> for planted and flourishing. There will be a check-in next week to see how many we listen to. I'm on it. Um, the other one really that I would recommend that I tell everyone and their mother is Get Out of Your Head yes. by Jenny Allen. Mm, I don't care who you are, if you're a parent. If, if you are a human being, yes. you should read this book mm-hmm. because it takes everything that we hear from the Bible about our thoughts and puts power behind it, but also um, just a lot of practicality. Mm-hmm. It's really, really powerful. Mm. So read that. Okay. Get Out of Your Head by Jenny Allen. And that's a lot of what we've been talking about tonight is the internal battle that we've Yes, been and that's 100% what it's about. It's, mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with it. Awesome. Yes. Are you going to tell us about the other book? <laughs> Go ahead. You know you want to. My my reading suggestions are more practical for parenting because I I they were just um, watershed moments as I was we were raising our kids right. So there's one and all of you love to make fun of me but it's called <laughs> One Two Three Magic and I don't remember the author's name. But it has been updated to modern mm. day. Um, I did look it up and see that it's in a new edition. Um, it's available on Amazon. And I won't tell you the details of, of what the book is all about. But I will say when my kids were maybe eight, six, or nine, seven, or whatever, in those you know elementary school years, it made a huge difference mm. in just the way I, I disciplined them. Um, and it was for a season. You obviously don't do it with your teenagers, but it was it was good for that season. Um, and then the strong-willed child by Dobson, because Lord knows I have three of them, and it really helped me a lot. Yeah, that's on my um, list. It's really that is a good book. Yeah, I've read that one multiple times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then uh, John Eldridge has one that Kelly really found helpful um, and inspiring, called Raising Boys. Mm-hmm. I think that's John Eldridge. It is. Um, that he really, really enjoyed um, mm-hmm. and found very inspiring and helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. Katie, do you have a book you're reading right now? Um, nothing related to parenthood, actually. But um, I just enjoy listening to podcasts. I have them on in the background. I'm while proud I do of things. <laughs> So I, I listen to Planet and Flourishing. 
Yes, <laughs> whatever. And, what um, are some other ones you listen to? Yeah, I listen to um, Joycast. I can't remember the name of the, the girl who does it, but she had um, Dobson on and was uh, did a, a parenting thing that I listened to recently. And um, Jeannie Allen, I listen yes. to her. Although I haven't read her book, you which is a shame. shame. You should all read young adult fiction. <laughs> that's, that's real. That's really it's, how she feels. Honestly, I do. Um, <laughs> like all of, you know, self-help books, scripture books, all of those things are so important. Like we need them in our lives. But also finding those moments to just get lost in your imagination mm-hmm. and remember that you are a, you're a girl mm-hmm. who still likes to get butterflies in their stomach and you know, the good guy ends up with the girl, all of those kind of things. <laughs> yes. Um, I think we lose sight of that sometimes as moms mm-hmm. and we, we try to be so organized and learn so much and we need to do that. But also just finding a soft, comfortable couch or your car, if that's the only place you can escape and just letting yourself dream and, mm-hmm. you know, have fun. So yeah, young adult fiction, go check it out at the library. They've got I love it. just tons. I love fiction. <laughs> I haven't gone to the young adult fiction. You though, need to so do maybe it. Maybe I need to, to take that step. Get that princess. What's that? The selection. Yes. Series. Oh, yes. so good. So Is great. it really? Yes. Oh. I want to read it again. Because <laughs> they're not like, you know, sometimes adult fiction can be a little scandalous. Mm-hmm. Typically, yeah. the young adult fiction is like PG-13. It's like romantic okay. comedy. In a yes. Mm. Okay. Like a really good romantic comedy. Well, you guys, I am so grateful. We have been talking like almost an hour, and we probably could talk another couple hours, but I am so grateful for all of your input and um, just the amazing moms that you are, and I'm so grateful to to know you and just to be able to pick your brain for a minute and to be able to, to know that I have these resources all the time is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but I thank you guys for being in my corner and just, just being my friends and for being my family even mm-hmm. though you didn't have a choice in the matter <laughs> I would have picked you so but anyway I Thank just appreciate you guys yes. all coming on and sharing a little piece of yourself tonight Thank you Thank you so much for listening Would you do me a favor and share this with someone you think could be helped by what we've shared today and drop a comment down below Also Click subscribe so you can be made aware of any new content. You can also visit my website, plantedandflourishing.com, and follow me on Facebook at Planted and Flourishing or on Instagram at plant.flourish. I hope you'll join us again soon.